Welcome into another episode of the Gossip and Heavens. This week we welcome actress and comedian Amanda Seals, along with our special co-host, Miss Drama. Check out the conversation to be sure to check Amanda on the road on her Black Outside Again tour. All right, welcome back. We are back in the building. Let's welcome back our guest co-host, Miss Drama, and the woman of the hour. <coughs> Miss Amanda Seals. Hey, y'all. Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much. Girl, you look so cute in your pink. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, pink is the color, girl. Exactly. That's my favorite color. Yes, it is my favorite color. Yes. Oh, see. Well, let me be a good host. Amanda, this is Drama. Drama, this is Amanda. Hi, drama, how you got your name? So my name is Andromeda, and people okay. always say they make up other stuff. So I'm like, and I act. That's why I said like, girl, drama. Just drama. <laughs> you like the dramatic arts, but yes. not the drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. So Amanda, how you been? Child, how have I been? Um, I'm good. I am in the throes of really just trying to get carry this tour on my back. You know, as an independent artist, that is something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand. You know what it takes to actually get folks out to shows and to mark. Marketing is like a whole world it's a job like mark people yeah. are literally people go to school for marketing so when you have to like figure out how to do it yourself it really is not my favorite thing to do um and no one cares about what i'm talking about right now but you asked how i'm doing it so <laughs> no we care because you know since you're an independent artist drama's independent we're independent so we know all the you know the pains that you have to do when you try to promote something and market something yeah and i think you know for what it's worth like you deal with um you just deal with the the frustration of of the fact that there's so many bigger entities at work you know that yeah. like you are just like little you trying to navigate through and some people might say like well how are you little you like you was on the hbo show and you have an hbo special it's like yeah but it, i'm still a little black girl trying to make it you know what i'm saying like yeah. at the end of the day uh, that's really what it is. And so I really appreciate folks like y'all because you're always willing to, to give me a platform to talk about whatever I'm promoting, whether it's a book or a show in Houston on September 30th. So thank you. Yeah, September 30th. If you guys have never seen Amanda live, you missing. The last time I remember going to Amanda live because she was out, you haven't been out to Houston, what, since 2019, 2020? You better know the dates. Yes, in 2019. Yeah, I was supposed to be out there uh, at some point during the pandemic, but Texas was acting like there wasn't a pandemic. Oh, there, oh, was, yeah. there was not <laughs> pandemic here in Texas. No, not in yeah, That wasn't. was my act. And so I was like, ooh, I just can't play with that. You know, and I just felt like I didn't want to be um, irresponsible with my audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to put my audience in a place where you know, we got all these people in a room together and we know that there's like a pandemic and that the COVID was running rampant at that time in a way that was not supported or hindered by like, you know, uh, herd immunity. And then that was also before like there had been enough advancement at least or knowledge about it to where like less people were dying, you know, like it was still the throes, the throes. Of <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But you know, the mayor and the governor treated it totally different. They the really mayor of Houston, Sylvester, was like, I'm not playing with this COVID mess. But oh, Abbott good. was like, okay. but Abbott was the one like, oh, don't wear a mask. And Abbott was the one that told our mayor, if you do shut down, I will find you yes. and make you yeah. open back up. Yeah. So and he had to put in, he tried his best to put in a lot of safety when it came to certain areas. But, and Houston okay. was definitely an area that was, we're not playing with. Well, that's all right. It's over with. <laughs> Oh, I that's true. I, I really, it, it's that, not that, over, but it's like we've, we've tolerated. Humans do. We adjust. You know what I'm saying? We figure out mm -hmm. how to keep moving. But I remember I saw D.L. Hughley faint on a stage from COVID, and I was like, ooh, that ain't going to be me. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I said, let me sit down. No. Let me sit down. Yeah. Now we back doing stand up. Exactly. And I'm glad you're back on the road because I know you were doing things virtually. You still have your podcast going, Small Doses. Uh, you have your radio show on the Kevin Hart Network, LOL. So you still got things going on, but I know as a performer, you want to just be on that road. You want to be in front of people. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a catch-22 because, like, I don't actually like the road. I like the stage. So, yeah. you know, the actual getting on planes and going to hotels and the late nights yeah, and the early mm -hmm. mornings, like, some people really love it. I'm not one of those people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I love performing live. And shout out to everybody who's saying hello in the uh, in the chat. I love performing live. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting to just instantaneously bring people joy, you know, through just thoughts that are in your head. That's like a superpower that I, I take with so much honor. So it's been really cool to get back in front of folks and in front of audiences that I've never been in front of. Cause I had never been to Raleigh. I had never been in Toronto. I go to Louisville on Saturday and never been there. So, you know, just excited to also, um, also just like, I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they're being heard right now. People don't feel like they, they don't even feel sane. I don't know what it must be like for y'all in Texas because <gasps> on the outside, it's like, Oh, Texas, like it, it, it may, on the outside, these few fools make Texas look like in totality, everybody is on some next shit. Yeah, yeah. The reality is if you actually know people in Texas, you know that that's not the case. It's just the minority is ruling the majority. Sorry, y'all, this keeps, microphone keeps going out, but now we're back outside. So I wanna get to this tour date you got many cities on the uh, platform, but you're coming to Houston the 30th at the mm -hmm. Music Center. So what can people anticipate about this upcoming show? Well, you're going to get the typical Amanda keeping it 100. You know what I'm saying? So if you follow me on Instagram and you like the little bits that you're getting on Instagram, you're going to get a whole hour and change of that. Uh, you're also going to get, you know, comedy that is, comedy that is not just about like relationships and about family, but also about society. You're going to get social commentary. So anybody who's listening and who finds themselves watching the news and cursing the TV out, this is the show for you. Yeah. This is the show for you. Um, yeah, that's what I do. We on the same page. We on the same page. And I'm just, I, I feel like so honored when people leave the show and they say, damn, I felt seen, you know, I felt seen because you saying the things that I want to say, but I can't say. And yeah. it's like, yep, I will do that. I will say those things. That's actually my job at this point. So well, I enjoy saying them. No, but that's what made me a personal fan of yours because you never bite your tongue. And the way you explain things, you can actually make the most educated person feel like this small by breaking them down in two sentences. I mean, that's one of the things I love about you. <laughs> I mean, I think what it is, is that a lot of times people feel like they got to say so much to, to prove their point or, you know, to sound like they smart. When the yeah. fact is, the truth don't take no time to tell. Okay? That part. The truth don't take no time to tell. You Come out real easy. If you got to do a whole dissertation and you are not presenting your doctorate, then baby, you are probably lying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is why, you know, Michelle, you know, you got me. And I said, I wasn't going to debate with something that I know that's a known fact. Why am I going to debate with you? For why? what? It's not yeah. a debate. It's not a debate. It's me enabling your foolishness. And baby, hey, not thank you. And I wasn't going to do time. it. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> like, yeah. And let me tell you, people will put you in a position where you don't even realize, like, you be into it and then realize, hold up, why am I debating? Let me, let me stop. I, 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 you know, like, I, I, that's a situation I find myself in all the time where people kind of just rope you in, mm. you know, and next thing you know, you're like defending something that's obvious. And it's yeah. like, oh, wait, you're lying. Oh my God, you're lying. They tried to, but I, I, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Oh, that, that's not fair. You're not going to, I'm going to do, look, Google. Not fair. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair. That's, that's you no, know, that's selfish. I'm what? not going to engage in a conversation. It's honestly irresponsible to engage. <laughs> that part. It's See? irresponsible to engage in a conversation with someone who's not even intellectually on your level, who doesn't even have the knowledge base. Like, I mean, there's this whole, you know, there's this whole thing going on in Iran right now with the women in Iran who are, who are um, taking off their hijab and and they're challenging their government who has mm. been suppressing women. And I see men, I see black men in particular in my comments who are like, that's the law. If they don't like it, leave. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> y'all saying that? 
like, y'all saying that is that what y'all saying so when the law said that a chain gang could be formed by simply just arresting any old black man off the street should we have told you that's, that's the law, law? Th- if you don't like you. when the law said it was okay to lynch black men for basically anything should we have said if you don't like it then leave like i yeah. just feel like folks just be out they dag on mine and so i found myself about to about to get yeah a conversation because we won't call it a debate with somebody about that and then i had to i had to remind myself who i was <laughs> i was like oh child this is that part that girl why you are a peasant <laughs> i don't have time but but, I'm, but you, and the funny thing is they were told to leave listen <laughs> this is the thing when you don't realize how your oppression is visible in other people's oppression it means that you have lost sight of what you actually should be fighting for that's that part. the part that i think so many people miss you know what i'm saying like i know we're talking about i know we're trying to be funny on this interview but let me just be serious for a second oh, you're like good. people just people just don't realize that like i like i see people say things like you know they're not fighting for you so why are you fighting for them and it's like okay first of all i'm not it's not like i'm on a plane to iran like let's get in the fight but like yeah. i can at the very least acknowledge hey this ain't cool they, this yeah. ain't cool and i can do that about a multitude of things while still prioritizing the fight for my own people well that's called to me that that's called being a human no I am a I, look, I'm a humanity person. I'm black power, but I don't want to see nobody else being mistreated. That's and that's just a human factor. And that's a lot of that's sad thing is we don't have that no more. No, we well, you know, humanity I, really is to, I really be trying to, to do as much as I can with my platform to help promote yeah. like this. So like there's two things going on with my show. One, I'm partnering with an organization called Headcount, and they're all about using music and, and film platforms to uh, involve communities in, in the power of voting. So they're going to be registering voters at my shows. And at the end of all of my shows, I have been bringing on stage organizers from the community to talk about the work they're doing, why they're doing it, and how the audience can get involved. So I've been really trying to use these shows and this tour in a way beyond just telling jokes, but you know, as like spaces for change, you feel me? Yeah. yeah. And as like community spaces, ultimately, right? Because when everybody comes to a show and laughs together, like there's something special happening there, you know? Like that's a magic moment happening. So I'm really trying to harness that magic in other ways. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that, uh, that people get to experience that this Friday at the Bayou Music Center. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna spread that regardless where you go, Amanda. Cause that's like I said, one thing I love about Amanda. The first time we went to her Smart, Funny, and Black tour, hey, that's a live roller coaster. Yeah, hilarious, <laughs> interesting, and hilarious. And then you had our homie Ali Sadiq up there. Yes, Ali. She was just live with him recently on IG. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. popped in there. Yeah, he had so, me live with me, and that was one of the greatest shows of all time. Like that Ali Sadiq show at uh, a warehouse, I think it was in Houston in 2019 yeah. was one of the greatest shows. No, that was 2018. That was one of the greatest yeah, shows. Yeah, that was, yeah. Time. It was like a three hour show. Like literally Ali is such a fool that we was acting up for an hour before we even officially started the show. <laughs> That's easy to do with Ali. I watch and was like, wait, we ain't even done shit yet. Like it's a game show. We ain't played no games yet. What do we do? It- Exactly. Ali naturally ignorant though. He can't, you know, we love him. But that, yeah. I mean, that's a, a one of a kind experience. And drama does stand up. She's also an actress. Drama, did you yeah. want to lay a question out on Miss Seals? You know what? It is not related to what well, it is. So, as a woman in stand up, uh-huh. I'm newly in, just starting to tour, tour delay. Um, what has been your experience as a woman in stand-up as far as men and how they view you as a stand-up comedian? Also, how men view you sexually, because it happens. Like, what has been your experience as a woman? So I feel like once I, like early on, I had bad advice being given to me. You know, like, oh, the road isn't for women and you know, you need to not talk about sex because it makes you look like you're not smart. And, 
you know, there was just chatter, chatter. Um, but I just stayed the course. And I will honestly say, I've really been supported by black men in comedy and not in no funny business type of shit. Um, I will, I will say like, whether it's DL and Dave and Chris, or, you know, just even I like even folks like Ali and, um, uh, Guy Tory, like I just can, I can name so many brothers who like made it their business to big me up about my comedy and not in a way that ever made me feel like they was trying to just say it just to try and get another type of situation going on. And that, um, you know, that really means a lot to me. Like we just had comedian CP on Smart, Funny and Black. And he was like, you know, I, I ain't never seen nobody like control an audience like that. And, you know, comedian CP from Detroit is one of the most hilarious men on this earth. Yes. Like, hilarious and also brilliant. And so, you know, to get that type of um, support from him and, you know, just from anyone that I respect is, is really meaningful. And so for mm -hmm. me, I feel like the reason why, though, is because I really don't feed into the whole like, oh, you're a female comedian so you should show up like this i'm amanda on stage so you're gonna get a variant of things you're gonna get some nigga shit, okay and then you also gonna get some intellectualism all right so you're gonna get a you're gonna get a joke about baby mamas and you're gonna get a joke about harriet tubman that part exactly so exactly. i so i will say i've had a very positive experience and i think um i think there's also just the fact that like i really don't let nobody think they have a chance um I see that that is me that is, Ali also has helped me a lot as far as like I can call him and he gives yep. great business advice like the backside off yep. the stage advice um he's been amazing Steve Brown has been amazing I'm doing a show with Coco Brown in Houston on Friday she's been amazing um who else delay has been super amazing like everyone men has been very supportive of me I've had a couple of issues with women here and there but I think it's because I'm so supported by so many men that they view as why are they helping her? So I've had why that. Like this? How are we like this? Why? I don't right. know. It has been a lot. I'll say, yeah, I can relate. Well, <laughs> women that have been successful in comedy do not have an issue with me. They have welcomed me with open arms. Well, you the it's women that have been doing it what they feel like 15, 20 years. And they're like, where you come from? And why are you on this person's stage? How did, how, who did you sleep with? And I'm like, girl, nobody. And not going to sleep with anybody. Because, because that's they, when you stop. They, they that's when you stop doing stuff when you sleep with somebody. Because nobody you know, takes you serious love. anymore. Exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, listen. No, they don't. I mean, and that, and that shouldn't be the case, by the way. Like, you should be able to be. It, you should be able to sleep with this person and still be taken seriously. Like the, yeah. the two should not coincide because let me tell you, none of these men are being taken less seriously for sleeping with you. Okay. Nope. So it shouldn't be a one way deal. However, I will say like what I love about comedy is at the end of the day, it's just, are you funny? That's it. So when people aren't really popping and they not making it, um, there's definitely a, question that has to be asked about like so first and foremost are you funny because if you're not if, if you're funny and it's not popping for you then then there's another conversation is it a business situation you know is it your work ethic you know is it the way you're interacting with people but ultimately that's a conversation someone has to have with themselves and whenever I, whatever people are looking at somebody else wondering well why are they getting something that i'm not to me the conversation should always be with yourself like it's not about why are they getting that. It's about you asking yourself, why am I not getting that? that like, part. what am I? What am I not doing? What and learning? Like, you can look at somebody else and be like, you know what? They are fill in the blank, and it's like, does that fit with you, or does that not fit with you? I could tell you, I started doing stand up because I looked at other people who were in a position that I wanted to be in, and I studied what they were got, what they had going on, and realized, oh, okay these folks all do stand up and that's the one thing i don't do that they do right so that's what i got to do i got to do stand up exactly and that, that changed my life 
Well, special shout out to Flame Unrolled. Legend is in the building. Yes, love us some flame, boy. I'm telling you, flame is going to be the number one marketing person for the woman king. I can tell you that right now. So, <laughs> I, I, I want I want to, but what Amanda said comes from someone that is self-healed and positive. And if we all work like that, the world will be so much better. Because that's the way I look at, okay, you successful, this is how you did it. Let me study and not be mad. And what, what do I need to do better to improve to get myself there? But a lot of folks don't think like that. And in addition to... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, well, so in addition to be funny, be likable. Don't be a B-I-T-C-H to people. Like, it's so free to be nice. It's, it does not cost you anything. You, know and you can be generous with the nice. People think that's like a part of being like, like edgy. You know what I mean? Like some people think that like being stank is kind of like intriguing, I guess. And mm -hmm. it's not. <laughs> like it's not like some people feel like that's a part of being like a diva i think and that it makes yeah. them look like they're like um i don't know like mysterious or untouchable and no. really i mean because i i get that rap sometimes too when it's like it ain't I even do. that deep i'm just i'm just annoyed in general right now um <laughs> see i made it sound like me it's not that you be mean. It's just like you irritate me. <laughs> like I'm irritated, and then you came in, and now you irritate me. So, exactly that part. You know, but I, I will say, I think the biggest thing too about looking at other people is always realizing you do not know their whole story. Yes, that part. And it's you not your pain. They gave up to get where they at. You don't know what sacrifices they've made. You don't know what they've poured into. You don't know. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that you would do the same. So it's like you study as much as you can and then you keep on trucking with what feels right for you. And, you know, you still got to check in and, okay, does this still work? Because it worked last time, but I don't know if it's working this time. You yeah. know, and that's the that's the type of thing I think a lot of us are just, it's tiring to do, but it's, it's necessary. It's necessary and tiring at the same time, but that's what we love <laughs> about you because you embody all the positiveness. In it. And I mean, even though there's, situation that we have to bitch about from time to time. You did a skit on uh, Instagram recently about the Black Mermaid and the boyfriend that made a remark and I was on the floor. I saw that too. You know what I like? I like that you called it a skit because you, with your intellectualism and your maturity, uh, were able to identify like, oh, this is not like a true commentary. This is a joke. Like... <laughs> People took that serious, like you were just what? That would be weird, man. Listen, because you know, places like the shade room and such, like they will position something in a certain way, and then people receive it as that. So the same way that they had positioned his statement as serious, even though apparently he was being sarcastic, was the mm. same way that they positioned my video as serious, even though I was like literally smacking my gum and joking and literally used a joke from my stand-up special. But I mean, mm -hmm. listen, the other part of it is that I'm glad to hear that he was being sarcastic because so many people say that and are dead serious. Yeah, yeah. But I was having that conversation with Flame, matter of fact, the other day. And it was just like, are we at a point where we just, our youth today just does not know what the reality is? Or do they choose not to know? That's a... I, mean, I just, there's certain things I see that happen on TikTok that make me say... I mean, I can't generalize an entire generation, but I definitely feel like there are a lot of youth who think because they're dating a white person or because they've had success or because they see an abundance of successful black people no. that racism is no longer at work in this nation mm. and they are sorely misled. And I would hate for Amen. them to learn the hard way. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't know how they're not seeing what I see. But then, too, not only history being taken, um, black history being snatched out of schools, this generation don't want to read nothing past the headline. I don't even know that that's this generation because I know a lot of grown this is adults. True. <laughs> Let me take that back. You, you are, you stand corrected. Yeah. Because I feel, I'm like, did you read the whole story? So I just, no. read, the, I just read the headline and went with that. I said, no, you got to read the whole story. Even though we know that the headline is clickbait, you know what I'm saying? Like the headline be the thing that they just throw out there to drag you in. And, you know, like in that story with the Little Mermaid dude, like I don't know, he, apparently, like when I watched it, 
I couldn't tell, like, is he being serious? Is he not? But like people who watch his videos are like, oh, he does this all the time. So like, mm -hmm. this is his MO. And I'm just like, yeah, but I, I also shouldn't have to watch like seven videos to know. You feel me? And so, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, and people were, yet, were literally saying like, you should have watched his videos. So you should have done your research to know. And it's like, so I, that, cut, cut it out. Um, but well, I think I, an yeah. article, like people don't want to read an article. Like people right. don't want to read an article. No. And let me tell you, so I do this thing on my Instagram Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific uh, to for an hour called Amanda and the Headlines, where I talk about headlines that are going on in the zeitgeist of things. And I talk about, you know, topics that people are talking about on um, on the Internet and whatnot. And a lot of it ends up me break ends up being me breaking down a headline for what it actually is versus what they actually wrote. Because that's the mm -hmm. other thing. Like he, it's like a skill. You got to learn a skill to read between these lines. And you'll see two different headlines about the same thing. That part, yes. And they both look like two completely different stories. Yep. And it's not the case. And it's because there used to be a whole like ethics to journalism. And now it's really just Break like, how the, yeah. How do we get the most clicks? And, you know, like you'll be reading an article like, why does article feel like sound like this? Feel like this, and then you look up at the top. It's like, oh, it was an op-ed. It's all opinion. Give yeah. me the facts. Give yeah. me the facts. Yeah. I want the facts. Yeah, I think that that's one of the problems with our society. We we just think that it ought to be automatically facts when our eyes run across something, and I'm like, yeah, it, it don't it, hurt it, to it, read look, though. It don't really hurt for you to read a paragraph or two. I see people share articles from the Onion. And I'm like, you literally can just scroll to the very bottom of the page, and it says, this ain't real, dog. Like, that's the fastest thing to do. When you see a headline, just scroll down. Take a moment. Don't even, skip the article. Don't read that yet. Leave that alone. <laughs> Go to the bottom. Get yep. to the bottom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, so they talk about all of this, and they're talking about they want to dissolve the Department of Education. Lord. Don't even get me started on that. But I, I know that Amanda brings all of this to her stand up. Like I, I said, she, she Amanda's funny as shit. Don't 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 <laughs> yeah. let the smooth don't yeah. let the smooth taste fool you. But when it's come to getting a point, she's gonna be bringing all kind of facts. Damn Wikipedia, we got all these Amanda Seals facts. That's what we call them, dropping them gems. Hilarious. So if you like to be entertained, if you like to laugh, if mm -hmm. you like to be encouraged and learn, all that right there, learn, learn. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, for me. My favorite comedy shows are ones where like they sneak in the learning, you know, like you yes. laugh the whole time and then you leave, you like, oh, you know what? I didn't even realize that, you know? And I think Chris and, uh, you know, Dave is particularly Dave's early stuff was very much like that. And those are the two folks that I've come up watching, you know? Yeah. So I, I am doing my best to continue their work. People have been telling me lately, they've been telling me lately now that I am, Reminiscent of Paul Mooney, and I will take that to heart. That's, a, that's an honor. That is a major honor. I mean, right? but that, 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 what other woman do you know when compared to Paul Mooney? Amanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm being a smart ass. I'm just, I'm just, but her. that's a big compliment. It is. You know what? To keep it a buck, like during Paul Mooney's era, I feel like women particularly black women in stand-up like they were going through the same thing as like black women rappers you know and they was having to really try and flex with these dudes in ways that didn't allow them to even stretch and spread their wings like that because folks was really not trying to hear black women comedians unless they was talking about you know sex and unless they was talking about dudes it was really limiting so I, yeah. I appreciate the the work that they put in to open the door for folks like me who can come on stage and, you know, not just um, be held to like this very small topics uh, space, but who can really get up there and we gonna talk about, you know, can I curse on this? Of course. You already did, actually. 
I think I said shit. I think I said shit, which is light, which is light. But like, you know, for instance, like in my show, we gonna talk about like, why is it that drug dealers had the best dick? You know what I'm saying? Like, why it, like, what is it about? Why is that? Just, so we're gonna talk about that. Broke and illegal dick is always the best. Broke and they, illegal. You know, they feel like their freedom could be taken at any time, you know? Yeah, they so, gotta get a good one on. It was because he got the best, you know, cannabis and good toxic dick. That works for me. <laughs> I just was telling the heifers about a show I did last week where when you got people teaching you like Ali and D-Lay and Steve Brown and Coco Brown, I did a show last week where it was, I suck dick. You suck dick? I suck dick. We all suck dick. Everybody suck dick. Dick, dick, dick. And I was, I was wet because I was headlining. I literally sat back and said, I'm not going last. I want to go next. I want to leave. And I turned to the girl next to me and was like, you're going to go last because I'm not sitting through how much dick we suck in a night. How like, much dicks is we suck? But you know what? But that's because I think a lot of folks still think that that's all they can talk about. Oh, and one girl like, no. was losing the crowd and immediately said, oh, y'all not laughing tonight. I know y'all bitches suck dick. I was like, no, that is not how you go back to sucking. Did the crowd come back? They did. And then I was like, this ain't my type, this ain't this ain't the show for me. This is not my audience. That's the other thing. Listen, black people ain't a monolith. So not every crowd is 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 every crowd is for every crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just the facts. Like you have to sometimes you're just like, you know what? Like you did. You know what? This ain't my did dick. I went and did my set and I said, I know y'all want to hear about dick sucking, but it's it's so I'm gonna get out the way. I'm I'm gonna get out the way. I and said so. I'm gonna give y'all this little set, and I'm get out. <laughs> and they fell out laughing. I was like, because while I am a woman who dines on the wieners every now and again, I won't be talking about it tonight. Those are private conversations that I have with my friends, and I don't know y'all bitches. <laughs> if I'm gonna talk about these things, it's a late show. It's a late show. But at the end of the day, but everybody already did it. It's the versatility, right? So it's like if everybody's gonna talk about it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself. Like, well, we got to talk about something else. At the very least, talk about pussy eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, talk about. At the very least, talk about somebody going down. You like, I mean, yeah, like how stimulating that is, and what you need to be doing. Switch it up. Switch it up. I've been, I've been trying to retrain men when it comes to going down, especially on me. Okay, all that lapping your tongue, like. I don't like that. Have, this is not what we do. We was talking about a set. How we get here? This is a set right here. <laughs> we for the train man right now. How to probably eat the monkey? Vagina, snatch. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I feel like folks who want folks want to come to a show and see like a full spectrum of stuff. And I know that my my audiences they love to connect with me as a black woman, but then also to connect with me as a smart person, also connect with me as a human like you mentioned earlier. And so, you know, it, I'm going to talk about relationships. I'm going to talk about sex, but I'm also going to talk about gun control and Roe v. Wade. You know, like we're going to talk about all those things. And at several points in the show, you will say, how did we get here? But we're going to always <laughs> land on our feet. I'm cool <laughs> with talking about sex, but when it's six women on the show, five out of six can't, six can't suck dick. Somebody can't only talk about it. The well, audience like, you know, the audience ends up dictating that. If somebody sees that the audience is responding to that, I can't even blame them for being like, well, now I guess I got to pull out my dick. A good comedian knows you control the audience. You tell them what's funny. You don't let them tell you but what's that's funny. That's why you were the headliner. That's why you were the headliner. Like, I'm going to tell you what's funny. They are learning. I'm bringing they you to learning. me. You're not going to make me come yeah, down there. I would have been stone faced in the audience. I don't want to hear that shit. You know, I didn't. It took me a minute to realize, like, oh, this is not. A sh when I'm on stage, I'm not convincing them I'm funny. I'm inviting mm -hmm. them into my funny. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. takes a certain level of time and, you know, rep reps and uh, just, you know, experience to even truly get grounded enough and secure enough in your style, in your voice to be able to do that. And I feel like some folks also, they may be younger, so they may not even fully know who they are when they get to comedy. I feel like I was able to move up in comedy pretty fast because by the time I got to comedy, I was already grown. Like I was 33, I knew who I was, I knew my voice, like I knew what I was about. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I was fishing around 
in front of people, which is scary. Like, you know, so, but I feel like what, what you were experiencing is like what I used to experience at open mics with white boys who would come on stage and just say the most outlandish, racist, outlandish, misogynist, outlandish, just whatever they can, because what they didn't realize is that the laughs weren't coming because it was funny. It was becoming because it was like shock value. Like it wasn't an organic, real laugh. It's someone laughing at you, not with you. Yeah. Let me tell you when I was done. When the white lady on the show walked up. So the name of the title of the show was Why Women Trip. The white lady who was 69 years old comes up in the first part of her set. The first thing out of her mouth is, y'all want to know why women trip? Because they sick of niggas. Do what now? But see, y'all didn't run on the stage, and that's y'all. Wait, fault. I said, I looked at her. I said, did she just? That part, Amanda. That's y'all. I fault. said, did she say? I'm like, surely they're about to take the mic. Did you say anything? I said, surely they're taking the mic. But did you say anything? I went to the producer. I said, get her down now. Did but as I'm walking over there, she then says, when I first married my husband, he was so skinny. I sent his picture to Africa, and they sent us food. Did you? I yelled from the back. I said. Sit your ass down. <laughs> Thank you. Did she sit down? She was like, who said that? Me. Sit down. I'm like, the host went and got the mic and she was done. And she came over and was like, that was rude. And y'all, I never talked to people, what older people do. So I said, bitch, if you don't get out of my face. <laughs> that was you were nice to me. Yeah. That was, yeah. Because did you go in after her? No, I, it was somebody. I I couldn't. It was no way I was gonna be able to go after that because I was. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. your set, you hadn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was after. My that. whole set would have been about her. My <laughs> that, that part. That part. Nobody, nobody in the audience that cared. Would've, that would have been so in my mind. Like I would have been like, I can't even go on without the a dress. audience. Did not care, Amanda. It was like they laughed at her saying that. Then, then that's when I realized, you know what. Looks and like I was like, like, I got to shame the audience tonight. Looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame but, on y'all. I'm not even here for jokes no more. Exactly. Now we are, now we are at an assembly. Class. Now, okay. I learned a valuable lesson, which when I called, I called D-Lay, I called Steve, and they were both like, if you're ever, because that was my first time headlining. If you're ever a headliner, first of all, know who on your show. I didn't. I'm always picked for the shows I'm on. So I, I've never thought to say who's on here because I'm always picked, delayed, picked, I, whoever picks me. So I never thought to say, who are these people? I saw the flyer, but I didn't think to say, what do they talk about? Like, what, what are they going to say? And then I didn't think no, to oh, say. Woman, I should definitely would investigate it. Well, she on the flyer looks like this sweet little artsy little white lady. And even nah, in person. I know them. I know them. They don't fool me. But I, I just learned, I want to know who's on my show now. I want to know what they talk about. Yep. And I want to talk to them before the show to say, you can't say this on my show. Like, if you're going to talk about this, everybody else can't talk about it with you. So if you suck dick, great. Who else Who else suck dick in here? Because everybody can't do it. Oh, that sounds like a lot of folks on the show. It was. Yeah, I, I was like, oh. And, and there was a host who changed clothes three times. Why are you changing clothes, ma'am? This is not an award show. Where was this at? <laughs> okay, so it was a producer who was really, really sweet. Really sweet. I've worked with her before on theater. Oh, like this is in Houston? No, this is in Dallas. Okay. So I've worked with her before. She was like, I want to do a show. I want you to headline. I'll get everybody together. I want it to be all women. I want to have a good time. I want it to be raw. Raw to me is I can call you a bitch if I feel like it. That's raw. That's about as raw because I don't call the audience bitches. I don't get it. But that's raw to me. Like now, bitch, look like I can do that. <laughs> raw to her was she wanted the fellatio and all of that. I, that I, I don't. I don't do that. I do do that as a person, but I don't do that as a performer. Like right. that is. Yeah. It was we don't want to talk about it. Yes. Yeah, I know it's a difference. I, you know what I do. Don't you don't need to know. Well, I, mean, I, I, think, I think ultimately. Um, you know, there are like there are shows that are marketed as like this is a nasty show, you know, this is a raw show, like this is a blue show. And so I think there's also just kind of like not necessarily having to vet 
all of the comics, but really like finding out like, so you producing this show, like, is there, is there a theme associated with this show and who's on this show? Um, but that really is the lesson is that if you're headlining a show, you absolutely um, can ask like, who's on this show and do they align with my, my, my views, not even my views, but like, are we in the same type of, are we in the same type of vibe? Like, I'm not going to have people on my show who are like, I'm not going to have someone open for me. Who's going to spend the whole time, um, like trying to make light of like what's going on in the world right now. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, That's not something I find like, that's not to say, like, I'm not saying like, oh, not talking about it is making it light. But like when people try and say shit, like, I don't even know why we care about like, like I'm just yeah. like no, nope. cause now I gotta now I got to spend my whole set re-educating. Redoing it, yeah. So you want to have the same mindset at least, and yeah. the same mindset of humor. Yeah. So look, we can all just get along, so it all fits. Yeah, like, it's just a flow. Like I, a lot of new comics, myself included, when I first started, thought loud was funny. Cause when I first started, they were laughing, but I was yelling. So I watched my playback and was like, why am I screaming at these people? Yes. So yes. I had to learn, girl, just say it, just, just go with it. And that works. First of all, I keep my voice at the end of the night. The next day I'm not struggling. And then you get more laughs. Cause it's like, look what she just said and how calm she just said it. What is wrong with her? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it feels like a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. More than, yeah. More than like angry. a right angry. shot. You know? Right. And that's what I love about, like I said, Amanda's style. Even when you have a conversation with some of your uh, fellow comedians like Godfrey, we love Godfrey over here. Those conversations are classic to me. So if you guys want to have good humor, upliftment, and some realness, go get your tickets for We Black Outside again, too. Or go to amandaseals.com. Purchase your tickets, look at her tour schedule, and please, y'all, subscribe to her podcast. It'll be one of the best hits you do today. That part. Yes. Thank you all so much. And, you know, when you support shows like mine, you know, you're sending a message that this is the type of content and, you know, these are the type of voices that you want to see lifted up and that, you know, you want to come back to your city. So it's not, um, it, it, it is a big deal. I know deciding to spend money on a show. It, trust me, we got inflation. We got gas prices. Um, shoot, people trying to travel since they haven't been able to for quite some time now. So I get it. Buying tickets is no small feat, but understand I truly appreciate when you do and you are sending a message when you do. Yeah, exactly. I know we had one last minute question about demand respect when you're taking I'll talk about serious issues. If you guys tune into Amanda, she's like the captain on that. From my I mean, you respect, I feel like how you said earlier, like you have the facts, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and also for what it's worth, you're going to hear me when I talk about um, serious issues, I rarely say I think or I feel when it's about something that is not up for discussion. That part. Yeah. Yeah. Like you ain't never going to hear me say, you know, I think Roe Ro versus Wade. Like, no, it's going to be a declarative. Roe versus Wade should not be repealed because. And it's those little things that drive people crazy because they want women to doubt themselves. They want us to always be in a space of like, well, maybe. And when you are actually convicted with what you're saying, it can rub some people the wrong way, but they got to respect that you are speaking that way. And when you support it with facts, they can't change. They can't do nothing about it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That part, that part. So thank you for addressing that real quick because I know you got a mad busy schedule, but Amanda, you just don't know how much we appreciate you coming back. And I do because happening. y'all always show me love. So it is no mystery and I appreciate y'all. Oh, but we, we appreciate, appreciate you guys you. too. Go follow Amanda Seals on every last single platform you guys can. Subscribe to her podcast and buy those tickets, people. It's so important that we support artists like Amanda. It really is. Thank, thank you, you so Amanda. much. Amanda. Good luck with the comedy and the acting and all the things. Keep going. Thanks. All right, Miss Amanda Seals, everybody. That's that Bye, is yeah. all Bye. right, girl. Uh, one thing I told you, I'm a diehard Amanda Seals fan drama. I'm glad you were here to put some perspective on it because, like I said, we are not comedians, so I knew that you would have some more input to add to the conversation, being in that light. But she draw um, that I was the Amanda is very intelligent, and this is why I like and love Amanda.
Yeah. Not only because she can read you politely and respectfully, <laughs> but um, just like, you know, <laughs> when we were talking about that debate, you know, when you know something, because, you know, when I said that shit, I didn't say think, maybe. Motherfucker, these are facts. I'm not going to go back and forth with you with facts. Exactly. Exactly. So I love the strong persona, and she gets the same thing that I get. When, when women are confident, um, intelligent, and they won't let you challenge it, you're judged. And, it, and it's normally, I always get it from men. Either you're mean, you're bullied, spoiled. Yeah. It's always some kind of negative input when people, when you don't allow folks to cross a line boundaries yeah. that you set in your facts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And trust me, boo boo, I live that shit every day. Exactly, honey. <laughs> I mean, but drama came with some great questions, but I had a feeling you was going to bring that damn setup. Because when I was listening to that story, I was like, oh, shit. I know she was going to think it was some BS. Because come on, man. Come on. Let's not. It should have been called a fellatio tour. (laughs) I I genuinely do not feel all of them were going to speak on that. But I think once the first two people did and they saw the reaction, they lost confidence in what they've been doing. And resulted to what somebody and baby, that's what you're not finna get me to do. Oh, that's what you call follow the leader. I don't do yeah, that. Yeah, you're not. I'm not gonna lose confidence in what I know I've been doing and that I know people have been laughing at. Because baby, if you don't laugh at it, I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with it because that means you're not my audience, and this is not the type of show for me. Well, I recognize I am very much a corporate, like I am a improv punchline. I am very much a comedy club comic. I'm not a comedy show comic, and by show I mean. You normally sell bacon out of the back of a truck, but you want to do a comedy show. So this, She's like, I don't do that. So I'm I am not a baconator comedian. I can't do comedy for the bacon man and his people because the bacon man people want to hear about pork ass. I'm not gonna talk about pork ass in my set. So that ain't me. Pork ass don't seem like it's good for you. So they just made my blood pressure rise when she said that. <laughs> just, when that girl said, y'all don't want to laugh, who suck dick in this? Wait a minute. Yeah, just because not... I like to do that activities privately don't mean I don't want to hear about it. Publicly. See, I would have well, been, well, been in the front row stone face. Three people before you have already got one guy on their knees. Another one made slurping and jerking motion sounds. Oh, it's already been done, girl. Like it's been beat to the flow. Yes. And I know, I know they were probably thinking I'm some bougie. No, I just I just know too many veterans in this game. In my mind, and like I explained to one girl after the show, my because she caught me in a parking lot. My mind immediately went to I said, if you go viral, do you want what you said tonight to be what went viral? Yes. Do you want you for your kids to see this viral video of you and that is what you are talking about because that'll be what you go viral on i said don't ever sacrifice your set for the sake of a laugh that's it. who you are because that's yeah. what I, I cannot imagine somebody say oh this was so funny and they post it and now when people come up to me instead of people saying oh my god that transmission joke you made was hilarious instead they come up to me and say you was the girl that was talking about sucking dick wasn't it or, or, no. or if somebody were to say, hey, you know Andromeda the comedian, you'd be like, no, nah, I don't know who that is. You want to be sucking dick on stage. Yeah, you don't want folks to reference that. Yeah, like... <laughs> and you, you don't want to be with want... your grandparents and shit out. Yeah. Ooh, you the great with sucking dick on stage. Yeah, or are they telling my mama, ooh, I saw your daughter say, ooh, she was talking about, ooh, she was talking about sucking dick so bad, Miss Gloria. Yeah, she said she learned. I don't want that to be what you take back home with you to remember about me. I don't want that to be the clip that goes viral about me. That ain't what I want to be known for. If that's my style, cool. But that particular girl, I know that one of her style. She is funny. She didn't have to resort to that. Like, she didn't have to. But see, some people are so customized to this just add water formula and there's no well, such fo- it, it following too That's and there's no right. such formula if you jump on the bandwagon being not authentic to yourself or your audience you're definitely gonna lose yourself and you ain't gonna have have no consistent audience because you switching up 
to whatever is appropriate at the time for you to try to come up. Seven and four. Okay. And it's a Tuesday. Uh, oh, yes, ma'am. I'm about to wrap it up. But look, y'all, we're going to wrap it up. Miss Thang here. So she, her, and we got applaud, Rocky. She made it through the show. I told you, motherfuckers, I was well, Tasha, this. Yeah, I was, I was concerned because the way you was looking on that live earlier, I was like, this has to make it. I still look like it, though. But no, well, at least you calmed down because you was in a whole different state. I, but I told you, I said, IG, what we was doing then was different than what we doing now. I got a table read anyway at 730. Well, all right, Drama. Thanks again for tuning in, sis. We appreciate you. And we are going to have you on a future show. Uh, tomorrow night, we have Coco Brown. Now, we don't usually do two shows in a week, but this is the only time we can schedule these ladies. And um, Mimi Simpson next week, okay? Don't be looking at me like that. I know because Rocky don't like doing two shows in a week, but I'm like, hey, we got to get these people while we can. So, yeah, I understand. You know, it's just like sometimes when I get, you know, days I'm not supposed to be working, it goes into this, my schedule. Okay. Are y'all going to see uh, Amanda Friday? I think I got something on the agenda because I had a reminder because I didn't find out Amanda was going to be here until just last week. Okay. When I booked, when I booked it, I was like, "Oh shoot!" Every time I um she come to town, we talk to her. But I'm gonna definitely try to make it. Um, if not, you guys definitely get your tickets. Go and support that woman. Um, it's make definitely sure worth going to see. It is well worth the money. You guys will enjoy yourself a, a whole lot. But drama, thanks again for joining us. Since we're gonna see you on them Instagram streets, y'all follow drama one act drama on Instagram and everywhere else on it. Okay. Thanks, drama. Okay. Thank y'all. Right, God bless this. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. So I appreciate everybody up in the building. I'm about to let this high heifer take her makeup off and relax. And yeah. we're going to watch Wolf of Wall Street. May, uh, just out, and if we go on live, it's just going to be in the audience. I'm not going live no more tonight, okay? No, I'm not either. But, you know, I had to remind, like, it's Tuesday and it's already 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Uh, when we talk to Coco Brown, she will be at the County Lounge Houston uh, this weekend, and Drama will be opening up for her. I'm not sure what night a Drama will be opening up for uh, Coco, but I'm sure we'll find out. We'll confirm, all right? So you, uh, you got any closing statements, Heffa? Good night. God bless. <laughs> I holla. All right, y'all. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We appreciate you guys subscribing. Please like and share and visit our website for merch at gossipandheifers.com.